0: Thanks for joining me, Nick, and my buddy Ronnie for another episode. Sorry we missed you guys last week, but we've been struggling.
1: Yeah, no. Let's clarify that. So last week we had a fundamental disagreement, Nick and I, about the uh, future of the show. I wanted to continue calling it the Rugby Punted, and he wanted to change it and call it the Rugby and Soccer Punted. So I staged stay away in protest. On that subject, this week we're still called the Rugby Punted.
0: Yeah, you know, I couldn't help it. My good buddy, Nick White, you know, bringing soccer to the rugby field since 2022. You know, got to get on board with the times. They are changing.
1: But yeah, we yeah, had got... quite a few people message us and say, get with the program, get back on, on the show and give us our weekly episode. Sorry yeah. about that, guys, but I did have to stage a protest.
0: <laughs> but on that note, Ronnie and I are very, very happy to announce that Magnesium Cafe has linked up with us for the podcast. Um, you know, we're feeling much better after taking their products. We've been training a bit for the Otter. That's definitely helped with our energy. But yeah, guys, magnesium is so crucial to every rugby supporter. It really can help in so many ways. Things like depression, you know, when your team's losing one of those games that they should have won, it can help you get
1: over the loss and want to carry on with the planned bra you have on a Saturday. It also helps with blood pressure so you can handle those clutch moments in the final minutes of a test. You know, when Cheslin is stepping Owen or when you're waiting for France to snap a monster droppy. Yeah, I
0: mean, it even helps with those migraines for those times when you're stuck at a briar with a few too many bull supporters who are still stuck living in 2009.
1: Yeah, so check out Magnesium Cafe and grab any of the incredible products with a 15% discount by using the code PUNTED15 at checkout. Help by supporting us and getting all the great health benefits that come along with taking a magnesium supplement.
0: Yeah, guys, and don't forget this is an informed sports certified product, keeping your supplements clean and healthy whilst giving you that extra boost your body needs. And if your old is like Ronnie and I, it's definitely going to help a bit with that back pain in the mornings. So yeah, let's let's dive into this, Ronnie. How was the weekend now that your protesting is done?
1: No, it was uh it was a, a little bit of a break and I played a little bit of golf uh, and like you said, training also a bit for the otter. But uh, there's still a little bit of rugby to watch here and there. Some of the competitions up north kicked off. And we also had the World Cup of Sevens. That, uh, unfortunately, was a little bit disappointing for us South Africans when we finished seventh. But, uh, you know, some of the other teams can be quite proud of their performance in that. And, and yeah, I suppose sevens, some people like sevens, some people like the vibe for sevens. But I think was, there was some rugby to watch still, even though the internationals took a bit of a break.
0: Yeah, it's still a little bit of rugby. And like you say, the Prem went underway. The French top 14 is in action. So there was a little bit to watch there as well. But yeah, as well, chilled one on my end. Did a bit of hiking, chilling out, getting ready for this week. You know, we've got another Bok test week to You've build up. You've used the to. word
1: chill way too many times now, just just by the way. you said <laughs> the word chill three times in, in four seconds. It's because I had to
0: say that to you a number of times in the week whilst you were kicking out the gumboots and, and getting all ready there, hey? So, Ronnie, we need to take a little bit of a throwback here to the box 24-8 win over the Wallabies, the first in Australia Let's... since 2013, eh?
1: Hey? Right. So, uh, I'm actually glad that we're discussing it now and, and not last week because, you know, it's, it's, it's two weeks later almost um, and we get to talk about it again and bring it up and get it ex- all excited all over again. But, yeah, um, enough rambling. It was, uh, it was good to see us win and I thought uh, we won convincingly. I think the <laughs> the score's quite flattering uh for, for the wallabies
0: though. Yeah, it is a little bit flattering. I mean, it was four tries to one, something the box I think surprised us with a little bit. Just driving the point home as well. Irving absolutely climbing into um the front row is there. That was really interesting to see. I don't know Ellen, what I Ellen, do. yeah. I don't know what I would do if someone looked at me like that, eh? Here's my house. Here's my car. Here's all of it. It's yours, Eben.
1: So we have to be careful now because based on 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 Eben's expression alone, we could talk. We could sit here and talk for the next hour. Yeah. But uh, I, I agree with you. That was one of the most frightening things I've seen in a very long time. If, if somebody looked at me like that with biceps like that, I would I would give them whatever they wanted.
0: Yeah. 100%. It was unreal to see it even so I worked up. And actually, really nice to see him back into the form that he was missing for the previous two games, you know, back at the forefront of the box physicality. But yeah, he was having none of it. Hey, he was making sure the Aussies knew who was there. And yeah, I'm glad I wasn't on the other end of that. All starting off with Mapimpi's little push on uh, Karabeti's, what do you call it, goatee?
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, it's just, it's just, uh, Look, in the moment, right, we've all been there at some point, something happens and you're like, yeah, look, see, I, I, I'm, I'm the man, you know, and, and you kind of need that sort of, you need a bit of that aggression if you want to be playing at that level, that rugby at that level. So I don't think there was too much in it. And uh, if you look, if you go rewatch the videos, it's, it's very quick, you know, Mapimpi and Korobeti in it and then suddenly they're walking away, they've got arms around one another, and then they walk away from the fight and there's pushing and shoving going on in the background. So the two guys that actually kicked it off, you know, typical wingers, they 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 kicked off the the, the brawl <laughs> and then walked away and then everyone else was fight- left, left fighting. No one knew where Mopimpy Ocker really were. So uh, that was quite funny to see. But, but, but yeah, I don't think there was much in it. And look, the yellow card, somebody had to get carded. And I suppose well, PP was just the instigator, right?
0: I think moral of the story, you are not allowed to touch the facial hair of a wallaby. Touch Nick White's stash. <laughs> It's a card. Touch Karabetti's chin strap. It's a card. Either way, just leave their facial hair alone and you'll be fine. But my favorite comment from the week by far was someone on our social media. Like, um, Pimpi was just trying to help Karabetti up because he didn't think he had any arms. So he went for the only thing he could grab a hold of. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that one. But I think... what But it, look, what it...
1: at, the end of, at, at the end of the game, right? Alan Alatoa grabbed a beer, went up to Eben, said, here's a beer... And Evan was uh, i was surprised he wasn't already holding a beer. But anyway, so he, he looked quite happy and chuffed. So isn't that what, what's most important,
0: right? Yeah. Rugby, the sport that's played in heaven, absolutely holding to the principles there with that video. I thought that was really special. Damien Willem said 10. What did you think of him, eh, Ronald? He actually well, got I man of the match I was quite well. excited to see him
1: at 10. Is that so? I didn't actually see that. So he was getting man of the match. Yeah, look, I i was very excited when they said that he was going to go play 10. And I thought that was just fantastic to see the way that he performed. You know, he's got quite the step on him, right? It's very difficult to actually tackle him. It's it's, it's unbelievable. So um if you have a, a open vaker, as Afrikaans folks would say, open buckets, uh, center pairing or nine that can that can follow along with, with Damien Valenza so stepping, you know, Damien might just put you in a nice little gap. You know, if and, and I, I believe, you know, David Phillips could potentially be running a 10 this coming weekend against the Pumas as well. So that's that's what I'll be looking out for. I'll be looking out for a couple of steps left and right through the hole and seeing if David Phillips can create the space.
0: Yeah, I thought he had a very, very good performance at 10. I was quite impressed with him. The only thing I can fault him on is his kicking, but can you really fault a player that's not a 10 in the national setup for missing a couple of kicks? I guess that's to be expected.
1: It's also difficult because all of our flowers seem to not be able to kick at this point. We need an 80% plus kicker, but I suppose that's a conversation for another day.
0: Yeah, well, we definitely need to work on that ahead of the World Cup because we know the World Cup is won by the boot. Regardless of what kind of rugby you want to play, it's absolutely crucial that you have a solid goal kicker. That's but... just what
1: my father said to me four minutes ago, or before four minutes before this podcast started, so...
0: Yeah, it's wise man. See, he agrees with me. <laughs> um, But I also think I just have to mention here, I don't think Damian deserved man of the match. I think it should have gone to Sia Khaleesi. I think anytime there's a draw in performance between forwards and backs, the forward should win it. I think Sia had a massive game. He was, it's probably his best game of the year. He was everywhere. He really it's a bold played, statement. But it's true. He was the traditional flanker for a change. He wasn't hanging out in the wider channels. He got stuck in in the forwards. Turnovers, three steals. So he had three steals in that game and crucial steals. He made 16 okay. tackles.
1: I, I, I agree that he had a good game, right? But should we be rewarding someone for doing their job? Isn't that what a flanker supposed to do? Three steals a game and yeah, not hanging think, out in the channels.
0: I think that was a, a deserved accolade that Sia should yeah. have snapped up. I think he played very, very well.
1: I will clarify, though, that I am a fan of Theo Khadisi for sure. But 100%. I felt that, uh, but still, Damien Vilimsa, the fact that he got mad at the match, I just found out right now. Um, I'm very happy for him. I'm very proud 100%. of it.
0: And, you know, I think a number of other players also really stood out for me. I thought Jasper Wieser is probably now officially nailed down the eight jersey. I thought he had a cracker. And that's saying something coming from me because I've definitely been a critic of his in the past. Kane and Moody, yeah, I I'm need just want to a little bit I'm... about that try. Teenager on debut, emulating the great Franz Steyn.
1: Yeah, I don't know, quite emulating him. Franz Steyn uh, was like first touch of the ball, right? True. Yeah, so but still a try, but still, Beauty's really try. Okay, so maybe should we walk? Th- should we walk the people through the, how you and I reacted to that try? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I actually was th- on the way on the way to the getting driving back from work today. I actually thought about how we reacted to that. So we were both sitting on the couch, best place to watch rugby. Peters on the couch right in front of the TV. And uh, I think we were just kind of looking not quite directly at the TV, just off off, off screen at something else. And uh, at the corner of, of both of our eyes, we saw Kate and Rudy go up. And all of a sudden, he had the trial line right in front of him. And it started low. It started and it, and it just increased. It was the, oh, and we lost it at the, It was incredible to see. And it was very rare moments. That's why I watch rugby. Those rare moments where you just suddenly jump up and you're backing someone screaming at the top of your lungs. So I'm, I'm incredibly chuffed for Kane and Moody. Honestly, what a legend. In your debut game, what a, what a bloody legend.
0: What a performance from the young man. Hey, very, very chuffed with how he came through that test. And, you know, it's probably to the detriment of someone like Lee Aronser, who would have been back now for the next Argentina clash. He's going to have a very tough time upseating someone like Moody, who's performed well. Yeah, that that's an interesting one for me. And then another thing that that really blew my mind in this game is that, you know, we didn't get scrum penalties nor a try from them all. We got our points from spreading the ball in this
1: fixture. Well, the brain said it in, in one of Supersport's shows, uh the week before the game, saying you know we've got to start attacking more and sending things wide, and then all of a sudden the Springboks did that, and 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 yeah, that was fantastic to see. Right, we there was a, there was a time once I think it was in high school where I used to say to my friends, "Isn't it great and fantastic to see fantastic running Springbok running rugby?" We're not really known for that though, but yeah, every now and again when a game like this happens where you can see a little bit more attack, or some intent behind sending it wide and. And, and that sort of stuff does get very exciting
0: yeah that's definitely true i was quite impressed with that i think damien brought a lot of that to the fore some of his cross kicks were perfectly timed as well using that space well. and i think he brings you think it was a
1: case of us catching you think it was a case of us catching the wallabies off guard you know they week in week out we had the same bloody recipe over and over again and every week everyone expected you know it's coming from the right base of the right base of the scrum it's going to get kicked you know same thing week in week out. And then suddenly, we weren't doing that. So did we catch the Wallabies off guard?
0: I think so. And I think that the Wallabies had a bit more foresight to what Damien would have brought to 10, they probably wouldn't have gone with the 6-2 split on the bench. I think they were gearing up for the forward battle, like you say. And I think... Well, they I got in see- trouble.
1: That 6-2 split actually stuffed them up a bit with an injury at half time. Um, yeah, you know they had a prop go down, and suddenly the six-two split becomes a uh, mental matter. a five-two split, which is yeah. very effective. And then
0: I mean, young fly half Noah Lolliesio, he had a bit of a struggle in that game. I'm not going to lie, he's struggling to establish Sorry, himself. Sorry, what's his name? Fly-off. Noah Lolliesio, something like that.
1: Sorry, you just <laughs> broke up. Can you say that again? <laughs>
0: So he went off in the 45th, 45th minute with a head knock. And suddenly they had one back replacement left on the bench, something the box struggled with a couple of games this year. So definitely the risks yeah. there with the 6-2. And I also thought Hunter Paisami had a bit of a shocker at 12. I thought he really struggled to get the Aussie back line uh, functioning. And I think him and him and Laleh CO, there we go. There's the third time for you, Ronnie. Uh, definitely the full man for that fixture. And I mean we've seen it now. Kirkley Beals had a call-up. So, you know, it's not not an easy
1: one for the Aussies there. And Bernard Foley was obviously recalled as well. We both said that he would be playing in that game and he, and he wasn't. But uh, maybe he's him and him and old Kirtley are gonna get a get a couple of run-ins uh, for the wallabies. Yeah,
0: well actually Foley named to start for the Wallabies this weekend now. So he's Noah's dropped out of the team. I'm just gonna use his first name so I don't have to struggle with the surname again. This but is why you
1: and our friends, because you're always telling me uh the team new team sheet's been released and this is what's happening. You know? <laughs> that's it's fantastic. So, so yeah, Bennett Foley is starting as yeah. the, as it stands.
0: Foley, the beneficiary of that. And surprisingly, they are playing their game on a Thursday. So that's a little bit of an interesting one.
1: Uh public holiday on Friday.
0: Maybe for the Aussies, I don't right, know. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Maybe and it's public holiday, I know. Meetings at work got shifted around because of that. But, yeah, that's interesting.
0: And then, Ronnie, hopping over to the other game, All Blacks coming back with a comprehensive 53-3 win over Los Pumas. That was a bit of a surprise for all of us. Uh, I think we all knew the All Blacks were going to win. I didn't expect a 50-point margin, though. That was a bit of a surprise. Seven tries the All Blacks scored.
1: I I think I I, I take... Yeah, I'm 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 a... I don't like the fact that you used the word we knew they were going to win because we didn't know that they were going to win. Okay. Previous weeks, I knew they, knew they, they were going to win. win and Ronnie
0: wasn't quite sure.
1: No, but you can't say that. You have to be fair to the competition at the moment because it really is a case of, well, Argentina can beat the All Blacks in New Zealand and that's that's the reality of it now. So, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing for the Pumas to go to beat the All Blacks one week and then lose by 50 points because I expected a much better performance from the Pumas based on based on the previous week's performance, based on how they played against the Wallabies. And, and I expected something better from them.
0: You know, the All Blacks definitely benefited from the, the rain. It was heavy, heavy rainfall there, which I think the Pumas struggled to adapt to. I think the All Blacks seem to be getting their loose trio balance correct, which is actually something that might suffer this week because Artie Sevier left camp for the birth of his third child. He won't be there to to bring that power from the back of the scrum. All in all, I think, you know, the All Blacks just adapted better. Ethan de Groot at prop, I think that's a player for the future. I think he's really up and coming for the All Blacks. It must be his third or fourth test now. He scored the opening try in that fixture as well.
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Very impressive player. And uh, he's, he's
1: a big unit as well. He's uh, He doesn't come across as very friendly. I watched a, a press conference with him when they were over here in South Africa and really didn't come across as very friendly. But yeah, he looks like he's going to be a, a, an established unit uh, for the All Blacks over the next decade.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. And then I had a laugh as well. Someone on on Puntit's page on the weekend said that Los Pumas' chances of winning is directly correlated to whether or not Lavanini gets a card and get a card yeah. he did he got another <laughs> yellow card he is now officially the most red and yellow carded player of all time in the sport it's unbelievable so, really well right? done Thomas.
1: and they and they still persist by picking him but he does He does have that even it's a bit like quality except even doesn't get carded as much
0: i would pay a lot to see a, a bucky's and love Nini second row pairing hey those two would rack <laughs> up those cards <laughs>
1: Uh, you'll quickly find yourself missing two locks on the field. Yeah, that's true. But I think the biggest thing that
0: Argentina suffered with in this fixture is that they missed 26 tackles. Two weeks ago on the pod, we spoke about them making 200 tackle attempts, completing 192 of those. This time they slipped 26 and the All Blacks just capitalized.
1: Yeah, they probably ta- they probably used some of the, the tackles from the second weekend in the first week's game. So that's the reality. But look, you know... Uh, the Pumas, up with them unfortunately... Yeah, I've caught up with them a little bit. They, look, they also travelled. They were away from home. Um, and the All Blacks have been a fire for a couple of weeks now. And they just pulled finger. They pulled rank. Uh, and they did what we know them to do. What we've known them to do for the last 15 years. You know, 10, 15 years. So, uh, Pumas, I would have expected a bit more, but you know what? The reality is the All Blacks are a very difficult team to beat. No, mm-hmm. for sure. And you actually
0: asked the question last week, you know, who is going to struggle more from that tackle count. And I think we got the answer here. It was Las Pumas. Mm-hmm. So. Oh,
1: damn right I said that. You know, people should listen to me more often. I'm very wise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On occasion.
1: And then, Ronnie, you and I have
0: had a debate a number of times about Richie Moonga versus Bowden Barry. But I have another little discussion to have here. I think Rico Ioani is starting to build up as a solid 13 for the All Blacks. I still feel like that center pairing of theirs is struggling a little bit. Doesn't quite work. Doesn't quite work. Do you think La Mape is the missing key? Yeah,
1: we've disc, we've spoken about La Mape a number of times as well, but uh, there's obviously a reason that they've they 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 don't select him. Are they looking for somebody that's that's not looking for as much contact as La Marpe used to look? Somebody that's maybe going to pass it once or twice more than La Marpe would have. Maybe La Marpe is an abrasive character in the camp to have around. It is a difficult one because La Mop is, you know, from from an outsider's perspective, is actually an excellent rugby player.
0: Yeah, he's performed so well for the Hurricanes and he's having a cracker season over there in France. So I would like to see him back in New Zealand. I think he would be a crucial element in that center pairing. But 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 yeah. you've
1: just glossed over the fact that you mentioned Rico Iali. He's actually he's he's can we just speak, talk about that? Because he is finding his footing as an outside centre for the All Blacks. You know, a lot of people said that he's actually a winger, and why are we why do we play him out of position? They've got enough other centres to choose from. But as an outside centre, I find Rico to to be stepping up at the moment, um, and he's slowly finding form. And I don't think that he's as much as a pro of a problem as other positions in the All Blacks are. I think people should be looking at. You know, perhaps, you know, the the fly half debate is is something that we definitely need to have again at some point. There's there's a question there. Who plays there? And does Will Jordan play fullback? Does Will Jordan play wing? Uh, Does Jordy Barrett play fullback? You know, is it Richie Mungo? Is it Bone Barrett? Those are the questions. I think the 13 isn't, isn't something I'd be too concerned with, but there are positions around him that's definitely up for debate.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, Ronnie. And then just before we move on to the other stuff in this podcast, I think I just want to give a shout out here to guys that reached out to us missing the pod this week. You know, we've got Brent who reached out, Brian, Jonathan, Adam, Steve, and Kyle. Shot guys for getting in touch. We really do appreciate you guys sending your thoughts through. Sorry that we ditched you last week. As you heard, I had to deal with a disgruntled Ronald, but we've resolved that (laughs) and we're, we're moving on with the pod. So I hope you guys are tuning in this week. We'd love to hear from you again. And then, Ronnie, but did you guys a
1: service by, by uh, staging a stay away? I mean, we, we really do not want this to turn into the the rugby and soccer pundit.
0: <laughs> and then, Ronnie, did you see what happened to me at work today? My candidate attorney no. slips in a, a paper amongst all the signing that yes. I have to do. And There's something I sign quite regularly called a statement regarding discovery. So this little guy comes in here and he changes it to a statement regarding rugby. Now, I just have to warn you, he is a Stormers fan. So you must expect these sort of antics from him. But it says here, I, Nick, declare the following. The Stormers are the best team in the Southern Hemisphere. The Sharks are nothing and contribute nothing to world rugby. Further to the above... I promise to stop my foolish ways and ideas in supporting the sharks as well as to start supporting the stormers. And me, not realizing because I signed so many of these every day, signed the stupid thing. And now he has well, it look, with it's... my signature on it.
1: So so what you're saying is you'll sign anything that I put in front of you.
0: <laughs> not anymore, not after I signed that. <laughs> I've learned Lessons, my lessons. were,
1: <laughs> lessons were no, learned. No, we encourage banter, but obviously taking it, it's taking it a bit far when you're a stormer supporter and, and, yeah. and, and doing things like that. So Absolutely um, look, we unaccepted. encourage the banter, but please, please, that's that's just taking it to the <laughs> next. We don't encourage behavior like that.
0: Stormer supporters they win one competition and they think they're they're the top dogs. But did do they win a competition? Yeah, I'm, competition? I'm not I'm not quite sure. I think that's something that I, I've heard muttered in the hallways. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're looking now at the Bledisloe Cup clash between the All Blacks and the Wallabies this week. As I said just now, it is on Thursday. So that's a bit of a, a midweek game that we're going to all struggle to watch during the work week. What are you expecting out of that one, Ronnie? Adi severe missing, Bernard Foley back. Huge, huge clash. And we actually need the Wallabies to get a win here to push the Springbok
1: chances. I don't think the Wallabies need to win one there. They actually need to win two, right? Because the All Blacks secured a bonus point in their last two uh, the Pumas that just kind of made things a little bit too awkward. But yes, uh, when 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 Ireland came over to New Zealand, we were both, we we both said, yeah, well, you actually picked the Irish to win, uh, and then the All Blacks won. And, uh, I said no, the All Blacks are going to walk over the Irish, and we were very confident. And then, yeah, lo and behold, the Irish would take the take the series. I'm as confident now <laughs> as I was back then in saying that the All Blacks are going to win two from two here against the Wallabies. Uh, i'm hoping that's not the case i'm hoping the wallabies can step it up i'm hoping that they can at least win one potentially win two and if they do lose you know make sure that uh, the all blacks don't get full full bonus points for it The reality is i do believe that it's going to be two for two for the all blacks
0: yeah well that's going to prove a bit of a problem for the box the all blacks are one point ahead they got that bonus point as you mentioned If they win two from two, that's a further eight points and the Springboks will really have to ensure they get bonus points out of both fixtures against the the Pumas as well as wins. So that's going to be a crucial one. I do agree with you though. I think the All Blacks are going to take this one as much as I'd love to see the Aussies do it. And I mean, quickly, the championship log is New Zealand in first, South Africa second, the Aussies in third, and Los Pumas in fourth. But I mean, second, third, and fourth are all tied on nine points. So
1: can I just say something? The South Africa is not in second. South Africa isn't third, and I'm willing to fight you over that. Yes,
0: I'm not gonna not gonna pick on you again. You might just get your gum boots out and and start this riot all over again. <laughs> well,
1: we might as well explain it to anybody that's listening up until this point, right? Why the Springboks are actually third on the log. Tell it us. Right. So So officially, if you go in, and I was a little bit shocked because traditionally I've always expected points difference to be the decider between teams that are <laughs> on the same points, right? Um but the reality is, it's not the case. Uh, teams that are on the same points um, will, be, will be split or ranked according to the number of wins that they've all had. Uh, but since everyone's only won twice, it goes down to the next the next uh, differentiator. Is that a word? Um, and that would be amongst the teams that are on uh, the same number of points, uh, the number of wins count. So considering seeing as South Africa and Argentina beat New Zealand, uh, that win actually falls away because they're on a different number of points, and only one of their games would count. And the Australians, having beaten both South Africa and and Argentina, who are also on the same number of points, they would then get the most number of of wins, and therefore that's that's why they are second. And then because uh, and then the differentiator between South Africa and Argentina is actually points different. So. I would like to correct you. It is New Zealand first, Australia second, South Africa third, and Argentina fourth. But yes, we got punished because we beat uh, the team that's first in the log. So a little bit unfair, but uh, things will things will work themselves out towards the end of the championship.
0: Yeah, As the season plays out, thanks for that, Ronnie. Your rant was a little bit early, but we'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, old Ronald. Well, after that rugby championship look or log informative session you gave us, why don't we just take a bit of a look at the Springbok squad for this weekend, and then I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I have quite a quite a few things to say about the team. So it's an unchanged. Okay, start since, you,
1: since you since you you've got a lot to say, I'll I'll read the, the players off. Uh, okay, start at the front row, right? So we've got Stephen uh, Kitchoff, Malcolm Marks, and Francois Haber. I'll start off. I'm happy to see old uh, old Marx getting another run there at starting uh, two.
0: Yeah, I'm very, very chuffed with that as well. I think that's a that's our most powerful front row at the moment. So very glad that we're going to start strong against Los Pumas. They are a very strong scrummaging side. I think Bongi joined the Bok team in Argentina now as well. Not yet ready to play in a match, but great to have him back in the box setup, And I'm sure he'll be back for next week's Clash in Durban.
1: Absolutely. Then at lock, we've got Eben Ezebeth and Blut de Jage. Look, what's it to really say after Irvin's performance against uh, the Wallabies? He's he's so intimidating. You have to have him in the team, right? And, and Lourdes, obviously, a great line-out option.
0: Exactly. And Irvin needs to be there to shake Lavanini around a little bit to make sure he drops out another one of his cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good point, right? So we want uh, Lavanini to drop a card or two. Sure. And then uh, loose forwards, we've got Sia Khaleesi as uh, El Capitan. Franku, Mostert is your favourite at, at flank and uh, Jasper Visa also your favourite at uh, at
0: uh, eight. Yeah, so I mentioned I am um, actually think Jasper's nailed down that eight jersey now. I think he had an mm. incredible performance against Wallabies. We spoke of how well Sia played. And someone I left out who I, I have to admit I he proved me wrong against Wallabies. I thought Mostert had a very, very good game at seven. Probably the first time he's actually really performed for me in that seven jersey. Again, I must restate, I think he's an incredible lock. I haven't been a fan of him at seven, but he really did perform well there against the
1: Wallabies. I'm not going to disagree with you too much there. I think you, you, you're you largely saying what I've th- been thinking all along. But uh, okay, our uh, center, centre-back pairings, but Jaden Hendrickson and Damien Willemsa, so I'm personally still very excited to see Damien Williams there at ten. He's very excited, exciting to watch. Uh, Jaden said great. So maybe they're giving an opportunity to establish himself. But you know, there's a, a couple of other nines that I would l- have liked to have seen run there.
0: Yeah, I think if we went back to the first podcast we recorded ahead of the international season, neither of us nor many of our listeners would have predicted that Jaden was the premier Bach Nine at the start of the season. Eh? And he started the most tests now, uprooted five Herschel Yankees completely out of the 23. And Jaden seems to be the solid option for the box there. And I mean, his pinpoint kicking gave Kanan Moody that try. So, absolutely. Jayden, the nine
1: is yours at the moment. And Jaden just resembles, I don't know, it could just be me, but he resembles Wolverine too much to leave him out of the spring <laughs> box uh, or, small, or small Wolverine. <clears throat> then, center pairing, we've got uh, Damien D'Alende and we've got JC Krill.
0: Well, I think we're all happy with Damien, but possibly the reason we beat the Wallabies is because Jesse Creel touched the ball for all of maybe three seconds. He was not very involved in that game, and I think we're all quite worried about his capabilities on defense in that 13-channel.
1: just hope he doesn't get injured, because we're quite expensive on some of our reserves at the moment. So, yeah, look, let's uh, let's hope that uh, nobody gets injured, right? Let's hope that, you know, look, Damien Delende, we know what we've got in him. We've got Andre Esther Hazel on the bench, and I know we'll talk about the bench in a moment. But that might be an interesting call-up to bring uh, bring him on in place of Jesse. Uh, well, Damien Delende, right?
0: Yeah, that's very very exciting to see Esther there and to see what he can bring in terms of uh, you know front foot ball and the big carries at centre, especially now that he's with a, a more established box side and not the team he ran out with in Bloemfontein.
1: Then outside uh, outside backs we've got Makazolo, Mapimpi at eleven, Kane and Moody again um, getting a second run at fourteen, and Vili LaHu Vili LaHu. <laughs> so I'm
0: pretty chuffed <laughs> to see Kane and Moody getting another start there. I think well deserved yeah. after his last performance. You know we had some depth issues there, but he came through, and I think no one can fault him for the game that he had against the Wallabies. Mapimpi also finishing off well. And Villy has really been playing well this season. Most came off the bench as cameos, but in the starting team, he just shows he's that linking player in the back line. Absolutely. Glad to see Villy there. Look,
1: I think there was a time when I just couldn't trust Villy LaRue. You couldn't you could not trust him. He thought he was going to knock it off. But right, last couple of months, uh, last couple of games, he's really been somebody that we can rely on. Um and if you do watch him closely, he is that link in the back, uh in the back line that we need sometimes. Cannon Moody, I think giving him a second run, you can't just give him one run and 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 that's it. He needs needs a second run to establish himself or to at least prove himself. Our depth took a bit of a knock there with a couple of our wingers getting injured or getting uh, banned. Um, so so giving him an opportunity to uh, a second game at 14, uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, and then, you know, going to the reserves, Dion Farid, uh, Oxen Chair, and Trevor and as our front row replacements.
0: Yeah, so Dion actually came on at flank in the last game, and I think it must be the first game in years that he didn't get a black eye. So Dion, glad to see you came through unscathed in that one. But again, no complaints about the front row bench there. I think it's it's perfect.
1: It's a it's a powerful reserves, right? With Ox and Trevor, right? I mean, those are powerful props that we can bring on onto the exactly. Field. So um, Exactly. Yeah. Then we've got Al Alric Roque, Alric. Lowe and Quacher-Smith is, uh, you know, rounding off our forward replacements. Once again, it's a it's a far three split.
0: Yeah, I think Franco will be offering the cover at, at lock and then those two will come on. Quacher has been a stellar player for the box for the last two years. Yes. And it's actually, he's very overdue a start in this box side as well. I think Aldrich Lowe also getting a little bit more exposure here and there, which is great for the youngster too. Happy with that.
1: Five clerk, Andre Estez and Van Stain is our backline reserves. So, you know, I mentioned yeah. it five three split. So, I I quite prefer five three split. I want us to. to to blood and give some of our backline players a bit more game time, which it seems that we're doing at the moment. Um, but yeah, Faf the we know what we've got in him. Uh, Andre Estes, and that's what I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see Andre Estes and get some game time. He's really deserving, I feel. And then, you know, you know both Joey Stein a lot. I know a lot of people have said that Stein is quite uh, quite the old man uh, these days. But look, uh, we love him.
0: Anyone that says that should try stand in front of that guy and bring him down because he may be a little bit slower and whatnot, but trust me, that guy will run you over if you get in his way. So I think Fuff is actually offering us cover at 10 after listening to Jacques Nienabe's press conference. I think Fuff is the cover at 10 and then France is covering sort of full back and outside center with then Andre covering at 12. So interesting selection. I would have preferred Kürbis Reinach on the bench. I think he deserves Absolutely. a bit more game time faf has been struggling a little bit for form but i think the the kicking option that faf offers is also crucial and i think also france offering a kicking option should damien struggle at posts again this week yeah can't disagree and then over to the world cup sevens hey ronald that was a bit of a showdown in cape town so a couple of odd entertainment things but i think big shout outs need to go to the aussie women you guys played some incredible rugby. I watched almost every one of your games. I was truly, truly impressed with that. I They're said, impressive,
1: sh- right? I mean, it's incredible to watch. If you want to watch some good rugby, you watch uh, the Australian Lady Sevens. They really know what's what to do.
0: And that Shawnee Williams from them. And a very experienced player, but shit, she was incredible on defense. It was unreal to watch that. She was so, so solid. So well done to the Aussie women's. And then the Flying Fijians coming through and claiming the men's title. So they did very, well. Yeah, it's very a little, well, bit,
1: little bit sour, right? Uh, we were, I'm a, I'm a sore loser a little bit. I was a little bit disappointed in the Blitzbox, uh, I think ending seventh, right, going down to Ireland. You know, that, that was a little bit sad to say, but, you know, for the Fijians, right, so they've stepped it up. They missed a couple of, of the circuit tours, uh, you know, with COVID and all of that. And the Blitzbox were dominating in their absence. But when the Fijians came back, look, they just stepped it up and, look, they deserved winners of the World Cup sevens.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think also just to mention here some some special mentions, Ireland, very, very well done. They not only knocked South Africa out, but went all the way through to win the third place playoff for the first time since the competition's inception. So very well done. To considering
1: them. considering they were fifth-tier European uh sevens team not so long ago, I mean this is a really <laughs> incredible performance and step up for them. Um they absolutely dominated the blood and like you say, they 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 put a couple of good performances out there. They could be proud of themselves.
0: Yeah, and maybe they can offer some of that uh, finals knowledge to their 15-man team ahead of next year's World Cup because they have never made it past <laughs> the quarterfinals.
1: <laughs> That's a good. I actually saw that uh, for finally uh, an Irish rugby team made it past the quarterfinals. So well yeah. done to this Sevens team. A little bit sad though how the tournament ended because considering old of Bill Powell actually left. Um, That would have been his last last game and he's coming over to the Sharks. So we're very excited as the Sharks board uh, but a bit of a sad ending for him.
0: Yeah, I think a bit of a, a, a sad send-off but what can you do? Hey, that's sport for you. And another special mention needs to go out to Nadine Ruiz. She was incredible for the women box. I thought they also had some impressive performances this weekend and I believe she's the premier fullback for the 15 side as well. So quite keen to see her playing there in the the Women's World Cup coming up. Uh, soon, There's the fifteen World Cup, and then you know this weekend brings us back to some URC action. Ronnie, can you believe we're back into it already? It feels like I actually South Africa just caught us. Quarters- in rugby, all year round, we're playing in everything. Yeah,
1: no, it's and and I've had a couple of podcasts where I complained about there being too much rugby, and and you know before I can complain this week about there being too much rugby, once again the USC is back, and I don't have time to even complain about it. But it's I'm very excited for this year's USC. Hopefully, less disruptive than last year's.
0: Yeah, so I mean, this weekend we see it kicking off on Friday. Benetton hosting Glasgow Warriors. Then we've got Zebra versus Leinster. Cardiff hosting Munster. We have the Aksuke Derby as the Lions host the Blue Bulls. Those are actually the only South African teams in action this weekend. And then Scarlets versus Ospreys, Edinburghs versus the Dragons, and Ulster hosting Connacht. But I'm curious, Ronnie, for a prediction from you ahead of the start of the season, who's going to take the URC this year?
1: Definitely not the Sharks.
0: You say definitely not the Sharks. Yes, You know, I've said me so it again, much I just want to
1: no, I'm just gonna put it out there honestly. I've supported the Sharks for many, many years now, and honestly, they really just are the world's most average team. They, their, their biggest claim is you know losing to the Blue Bulls in what was the 2007's uh, uh, Super Rugby final. You know, come <laughs> on. Like, like, give us a give us a nice uh, trophy now. Give us the USC trophy, sharks, and then and I'll be very happy again. But yeah, look, I think it's the the Irish powerhouses are going to be a, you know teams to contend with again this year. So you're yeah, looking at Leinster. They they obviously you know that's a very strong team. Your Ulsters, your your Munsters. So I've just listed three Irish teams that I think are, will be very, very, uh, very, very strong this coming season. Um, but yeah, look, let's let's hope that the, the sort of Welsh and the Scottish and the and the Italian teams can step it up a bit as well, because we don't really want to see a South African uh, slash Irish um uh playoff in again, again.
0: Look, I think South Africa is gonna have a bit of a struggle this season, teething problems playing in the Heineken Cup, the Curry Cup, and the URC with the international rugby season going on, it's a lot to handle. I think they're gonna have to have to adjust. But also that being said, it was a new thing for them last year and we ended up winning the URC via the Stormers. So my money is going to be on Leinster. I think Leinster just has the experience in balancing their squads. I think the depth building needs to continue in South Africa and maybe we can challenge for that again in a, another year's time. But I think this year we'll probably go to Leinster.
1: All righty. So on to what my favorite part uh, is of this podcast is always the super pre predictions. Um, I mean, Nick's just going to gloss over it uh, but i'm actually beating him in a lot of tournaments at the moment i think he's beating me in the I'm bunnings npc but if we start talking about it, the top 14 uh the premiership um, these various other tournaments that have started now i'm actually ahead of him in the majority of those See, So, it's ronnie thinks to be he's another fantastic <laughs> year for me on super brew because you know i'm just i'm just really good at super Brew, very very good ronnie and thinks also he's, he's beating me
0: humble I know I'm beating him, so you guys can judge from that statement who's in the right here. So, Ronnie, oh, on, on that note, yeah. give us your pick then. Who's winning the latest low 1, Aussies or New Zealand?
1: All right, so this is going to go the way of New Zealand. Um, I'm hoping, hoping that it's not going to be a blowout. I have this real, this pain in my neck that says it is going to be, but you know what, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say New Zealand's going to win this by four.
0: I say New Zealand by 16. I think they're going to give the Aussies a bit of trouble. And then, Box versus Los Pumas.
1: So, this is the whole head versus heart uh, argument that you and I have had over the many years. But you know what? I feel like South Africa, you know, having beaten Australia, having immediately gone over over to Argentina, having prepared well... This is going to go the way of of South Africa because we're going to beat Argentina twice and we're going to win the rugby championship this year. So this is going to be South Africa by 12.
0: Ronnie, I'm actually surprisingly going to agree with you and say South Africa by 12. So we're on the same page there. Hopefully the boys can pull that off then, hey? We'll have to see. But that does mean that we're not likely going to get the bonus points. So we'll have to see what happens there.
1: Right. So then my second favorite bit uh, of the podcast is where I get my opportunity to have my say. A little bit of a two cents segment here. I often rant or I rave and you ask me which one's going to be. I think this week's going to be a bit of a rant. I think I would like to mention Elton. I don't want to go into too much detail about what happened there with Elton because a lot of it is hearsay. Uh, But what I do want to say is uh, Elton's track record isn't really great. He's had a couple of incidents uh, that I think he should be ashamed of. I think uh, the reality is that, yes, in the social media, things get blown out of proportion and, everybody, and the media loves a, sensation, a sensational story and they love to sensationalize to the nth degree. But it boils down to the fact that Elton is a representative of the Springboks. You know, he's earned the right to play for the Springboks. He's earned the right to call himself a Springbok. But he hasn't adhered to the fact that he has the responsibility to behave a Springbok, to set a good example for many people out there. Um, it is unfortunate, I think, uh, what's transpired and, and, and the fact that he's obviously been sent home, uh, right or wrong, to put yourself in a position where people can speculate about things that you've done um, and, and say things true or not true. You know, he put himself in, in a position that he shouldn't have put himself in. So, uh, look, a little bit sad, but it boils down to the fact that you have the right to call yourself a Springbok you also have the responsibility to behave like a Springbok.
0: Yeah, I think just to add to that, the thing that made me laugh the most was a tweet I saw that said, um, "Alton finally scores and gets sent home from the Springbok squad." <laughs> 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 bit of bit of humour in there, but guys are really sharp. My favourite uh, some of their comments.
1: My favourite was the Franz Herbert one where he looks surprised. Right, yeah. we 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 have. Yeah, so that was anyways yeah. um he has a responsibility to behave better anyways we'll, we'll move on what do you have for us
0: yeah so Saturday this week is going to be a little bit of a brief one just some stats of clashes between Argentina and the Springboks a huge surprise to me was that their first ever test was only in 1993 the first time these two sides met So it's actually quite a recent rivalry. The first time Argentina won against the Springboks was in 2015. That was unfortunately a game Ronnie and I attended in Durban. That was a little bit of a disappointing one.
1: But I was not there. Yeah,
0: it's also one I'd like to forget. But yeah, since 1993, there's been 32 games played between the box and Los Pumas. Los Pumas have won three of them the box have won 28 of them and there's been one draw along the way so stats say the box will win but we know that Argentina is a very difficult place to play the box have struggled there so it's going to be one hell of a contest this weekend All right, guys thanks for tuning in this week with me and Ronnie we missed you guys last week we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again next week after a a comprehensive box win in Argentina hopefully and don't forget to check out Magnesium Cafe guys (laughs)